Welcome to episode 54 of the Permaculture Pimpcast, the only pimpcast on planet Earth where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. Always a good day. And remember, pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. And that's for all the new people coming on board right now. This episode brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap from TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that simp into a pimp. Bam! Also, EMP Shield, y'all, 50 bucks off with promo code PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. Remember, they got that new one out there. It's the EMP Micro. That thing is the shiz knit. Also, Harvest Right Freeze Dryers, y'all. We got a link in the description box below. All right. We also, you can check us out not only on all the other places where you can, uh, you know, listen to podcasts and stuff like that, but you can check us out on the Fountain app where if you want, you can tip a pimp. <laughs> or catch Jack. Hashtag catch Jack or go. hashtag tip a pimp. That's what we do. Also, freesteading.com, y'all. If you're not on there, check it out. You'll be glad you did. Like-minded people, you're going to be glad you checked all of this stuff out. Well, freesteading.com also has an app now, so you can get it downloaded on your phone now. Yeah, you app. definitely want to check that out, y'all. Freesteading.com, I don't talk about them enough, but they are doing wonderful work out there, selfless work, and you can meet a lot of like-minded people just around the bend. And folks, in these times, we're all, we're honestly going to have to be thinking outside the box. And that's a lot what this program is about. Tip of the day. As always, we weave a tapestry. I didn't paint one this time, son. <laughs> Good. Weave a tapestry. Spend some time learning business. Here's what I'm getting at. There's a lot of us out there that are in the homesteading space. How many people out there right now in the sound of my voice, you're driving to work, you're doing whatever, you're going to a job, just like George Carlin said, they're paying you enough to keep from quitting and you do enough to keep from getting fired. This isn't your passion in life. Part of what your passion in life is maybe being in business for yourself. That's what we're going to talk about today. And how even if it's a side hustle that maybe you can make a few bucks here and there, believe me, it builds enormous confidence. But instead of spending all your time thinking about, okay, and you should spend time thinking about it, a lot of it, especially if it's your vocation. You should do everything you can to be the subject matter expert when it comes to, you know, homesteading, permaculture, whatever your desire lies, but also think about spending some time reading books like, and a really good one to start with, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. Cash Flow Quadrant, everything Robert Kiyosaki came out with is a winner. Check out podcasts like Andy Frisella. I mean, some of it's going to be some harsh language, but honestly, the information is fantastic. That's what you really ought to be checking out. And avoid, by all costs, avoid all those people out there claiming to be coaches and this and that. They got no pedigree in anything yeah. they've ever done before. And they're, in fact, son, you and I know a couple of them out oh, there. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, they're out there selling themselves as coaches for this and that. And they haven't done anything in this space at all except read all the books, never having done anything, never built a business, never did avoid those people run the other way. For example, we, we had a, our first podcast coach. We, sur we surpassed our first podcast coach in a week. Yeah. <laughs> in a week. And I'm not talking about Tony from uh, the confessionals or anything like that. He's been 
absolutely helpful in all of this stuff. Yeah, the point of it being is that you want to seek people out there that have already done it. Think about joining local business groups. They have them. Think about those. It doesn't have to be any, and it's better, I think, that way. If you can sit here and rub elbows with people um, that are in your local area, they're going to help you out, that you can be a blessing to them. People that you might be able to go out and shadow no matter what they're doing. Believe me, there is tons of help out there. There are other people out there that want to help you. You're just going to have to put some foot to butt on figuring out how to find those people. Yeah, They're out there, believe me. Uh, no matter where you live, even if you got to drive like a lot of these investment groups. Years ago, I remember when I was in the Kansas City Investment Group, they had meetings once a month. You'd show up there, and at that time, they would say, okay, who's made a deal? Who's done something? And sadly, just about every single person in that room didn't have a story to tell. Mm. So it was all, it was a double-edged sword at that time because, you know, man, it was like back in 08, things were tough all the way around. Hardest year of my life as far as trying to find work. And, um, there were, the problem is when things take a downturn, everybody just tries to ride out the wave and we all need to be trying to think about doing the opposite hat tip. Once again, to Andy Frisella. Yeah. And I really believe he's correct in all that. All right, y'all, farm news. Michelle is up to her eyeballs and getting work done. What's she doing, son? She's working on that class, isn't she? Yeah, she's got an online class. And in that class, it's um, – I don't want to go into too many details right now because until it's all said and done, I don't want to give – I don't want to be recommending y'all to go check out something we haven't yet done. But by all accounts – now, I'm also signed up for this class, but I ain't had time to really mess with it much. Yeah. And it's by, I mean, y'all, if this thing turns out to be what we pretty much think it's going to be, it's going to be paradigm changing for all the way around for us and you and everybody else out there so they can be a beneficiary of all this wonderful information. Because really and truly, like we said, go out, go out and learn a little bit about business. Well, you should also be learning about your craft and we're going to help do more and more of that because this is what we love. So it's, it's really not a, it's, it's not a hardship to learn about things you already have an interest in. Right. Right. So, um, okay. So everybody's wondering about the sheep down there. They're doing great. They've adjusted Had a little bit of problem with one of them trying to get out. Well, kind of, it, it got confused. We moved the fence around the sheep tractor today and it wasn't, entirely sure i think it got zapped at some point before because it wasn't entirely sure how to get out of this sheep tractor without interacting with the fence well the it was just closer to the entrance of the sheep tractor but it, it was just new to the sheep and she got stuck and then we got her out so it's going to be it's going to be a little bit more in terms of trying to get them into the swing of things but hey it's what it is man with all this weather we've been going through a whole lot of wood lately we've been going through a whole lot of hay too yeah well that hay is something we're really, the only reason we gave them hay right now is because we couldn't move the fence because there was a whole lot of snow on the ground at the time, but we're a South facing slope. So it doesn't stay around forever, but we have stockpiled forage for them to eat and they are eating, man. These guys grub like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. These sheep don't stop eating. 
They just, every time I go out there and look, they're not sunbathing. They're not laying down. They're just eating. Well, they did yesterday. Me and your mom went out there. All of them were out there, man. They were just full to the brim. (laughs) And they're eating a lot of stockpiled forage. So uh, hat tip to Jim Garrish. Coco, when mom and I went out there to go save the baby sheep, Coco was falling asleep on his feet while he's out there. His belly was so full. Yeah, that boy, (laughs) everybody's full around here. But that's why you want to also, in terms of that education, Check out people like Jim Garrish, Kick the Hay Habit. I mean, we got to be thinking way outside the box with, especially in light of all the things we're talk we're going through today and things we've talked about, you know, availability of fuel might be an issue. Okay, well, set yourself up long before that becomes a real issue. All right, well, Kendra's gone. She's back in New York right now. She's probably kicking herself in the butt for that. Yeah, she eventually made it back to New York. She had to fly... Her initial flight plan was from like Asheville to Charlotte to Syracuse. And it turned into Asheville to Dallas to Syracuse. And stayed the night in Dallas. Yeah, stayed the night in Dallas. She didn't even get to, she left, what was it, two days ago and didn't get there till yesterday? Yeah, I told her, check your flight, check out. I mean, it seems like a lot of weird stuff going on. Oh, I checked it, everything's good. (laughs) And then these airlines pull this garbage because they got a lot of pilots that are out. It took me less time to get to Australia. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Well, with her gone, it just means the workload around here just got a lot heavier because she works here. And she does a lot of the behind behind the scenes stuff. Well, it's typical. I mean, when any of us are gone, it creates. That's the cool thing about cross training one another in the jobs we do around here. So it's not as big a hardship as if, because, okay, for example, your mom is an expert on certain things when it comes to growing, but we have a working knowledge of it. Or yeah, I'm we'll in, still have food if if mom just stops growing for some reason. Yeah, but. Man, I'm going to cry the day she has to go somewhere and she stops cooking. Because, man, I'm telling you, she is killing us right now, man. Man, I look like Jabba the Hutt rolling around this place, man. I, I got to lose this weight, but I ain't starting until all the food's gone down Dad here. found the limits of that deer antler velvet. I'm telling you. I was like, okay, man, I'm still, I, still got, I still got the muscle. But it's like, okay, man, we hit the limits of this. Now we're going to start putting on fat. And it's starting to really show. We so. got to come up with a homestead stack, like a supplement stack. Yeah, man. Well, that's that's one of the things we're going to talk about today as far as business ideas. Um, I want to tell you all, I talked about it in the last PimpCast about that power list. And I got to say, and this is going to sound stupid maybe to a lot of people out there. Man, I got to say, there's nothing that has given me more direction in recent time than doing that power list. Um, and when I say direction, I'm talking about, if you haven't listened before, go listen to the previous podcast. We talked about Andy Frisella and the idea that I took away from him as far as the power list, take five things that are critical tasks that you got to get done. Once you get them done, then you could pretty much, if you want play call of duty all day, that ain't what we do. <laughs> that was an odd reference for dad to throw out Yeah, of but, all things. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I will never do that. I just look at that. I got to say, man. You look at that list and it gives you such focus, direction, and purpose. And honestly, one of the one of the byproducts of that is that my prayer life has never been better. And that's just in no time at all doing this. Because one of the things on that list is pray three times a day. And I'm not talking, I'm like, stop everything you're doing. Don't do the prayers where I'm standing up and I'm, you know, reaching out. No. Stop everything you're doing. Get on your knees and pray to the Almighty. And that alone, I'm seeing the immense difference right off. It's, and that's in addition to the prayers I already do collectively with my family, with my wife. 
and I and then you know the little prayers that you do without throughout the day. I mean, there was a pastor that said it. He says, "I've never prayed for fifteen minutes, but then again, I've never gone fifteen minutes without praying either." Mm-hmm. And I got to say, every single aspect of my mental well being is greatly improved just by doing that. I mean, today I've already done it twice, so I'm probably going to exceed what's on that list. You know, I felt. I felt like I needed guidance in so many different things, especially for what's going to be coming up on Monday with the uh, pimp cast. I'm going to be doing something I'm not at all comfortable with. A lot of people want to know more about us and I don't understand why I'm nobody special. Um, and it's been a real struggle because I give y'all a little bit of my background. I do it a little bit in YouTube, but it is tough for me to lay myself bare because number one, I'm thinking, well, who cares? Who honestly wants to know who wants to hear any of this stuff? And especially the real bad stuff. I mean, nobody wants, and I'm not sure how deep I'm going to go, but I'm also going to do something of a, um, if I can, if I can weave this properly, I'm going to show that you got no excuse. Nobody in the sound of my voice. I don't care if you're paraplegic, you got no excuse. I don't care if you're a person that was highly abused as I was, you got no excuse. I don't care where you have no excuse, even right now in this United States of amnesia to not be more than what you've become in every single aspect of your life. And I'm going to do part of my focus in like with this power list. Once I master it, I'm going to move on to other things. I'm going to do that 75 hard, but I got to master this first. It is all about at the end of the day, I've got to be improving on every single level. And I'm going to try, maybe it'll be helpful. Maybe I'll fall flat on my face, but you never know. But we're going to get more and more into it as time goes on. All right, son, we got an elf winner. We got a winner of the elf. Uh, Do we know who that person is? And then, by the way, the winner of the last elf, one door off. Hey, you're going to have to send me another email. For some reason, I don't have it. I'm trying to mail this thing out to you, but I can't find the email. So goes right back again where I need to be using this proton mail, which is on my, it's going to be on a future power list to get that squared away because it's driving me crazy, important business stuff. And I know we're not the only one this is happening to important business emails that need to go out are not getting out things that I'm supposed to be receiving. I'm not getting, and I know the powers that shouldn't be are playing games here, but I'm just, look, like I said before, I'm going to go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and I'm taking tartar sauce with me because I don't care how many roadblocks they put up in front of us. I will find a way around. And that's part of what this power list is designed to do. All right, son, what do you, who do you got? All right. This is, uh, on the Apple podcast app and this is from KSS zero one time. So KSS zero one time, send us an email. You won the Fauci elf, but their comment was, uh, the most, the most I've ever lear- learned from a pimp. <laughs> these guys, these guys don't just talk the talk; they walk the, they walk it out with the best info I've ever heard. I didn't know I could learn so much about caring for the earth and its soil. You are the best out there, and you make it fun. Love your music as well. Keep feeding me the truths about how to live permaculture lifestyle, on, even on a small p- piece of property. Hashtag tip a pimp. Keep up the great work saving and showing us how to live sustainably. God bless you and your beautiful family. Oh, man, that is such a joy to hear. And we get a lot of that. It's it's tough to hear because, honestly, I don't think that much of myself. I'm nobody special, y'all. You can do this. So KSS01 time, uh, send us an email. 
Billy at permapasturesfarm.com, or maybe they ought to go to your email, son. Or permapasturesfarm at gmail.com. Remember also, we're going to have something. We're going to get as close as we can. We're going to ultimately get to a call-in show. But right now, the closest we can do is to get your audible messages. We'll play them on air, and then we'll respond. Yeah, Um, so the phone number is 828-380-4419. So 828-380-4419. And you can call that number, leave a voicemail, and uh, we'll, we'll do a voicemail episode, I think. Yeah, well, we're, 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 we're gonna trying to figure, figure out, out exactly yeah. how to go about that. So before we get into Pastor Lon, y'all, I want to make absolutely positively sure that you go out there. I mean, I, we get a lot of wonderful fan mail, okay? But it ain't going to my head because I know who I serve. Um, and it's it's humbling in so many different ways, and it makes me realize that when you have this voice, when you have a platform, no matter how big, no matter how small, that you have got to be maintaining. Because honestly, y'all, the biggest fear that I've had for the longest time since starting to do this is that I start, it's not a big fear, but I don't ever want to believe my own press. I, I remember how passionate I was when the only person I had to talk to was my tool buddy when I was out there working on my tools. And seeing them come alive having zero interest. And by the time I was done, I tried to be so persuasive that they went out of there and just about every single time it worked that they went out of there, went home and did some little thing to advance their farming. With that said, listen, let's listen to my pastor, homesteading pastor. You can check him out on YouTube and Instagram. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse one, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. That explains to us that we need to enjoy today. Today is all you know you have right now, this day. So I encourage you to enjoy today. Don't boast about what you're going to do tomorrow because we never know what a day may bring. Things can change overnight. Things can change within the hour. So we need to rejoice forevermore in this day and do what God's called us to do in this life today because none of us know what tomorrow may bring. Amen to all of that. Check him out. Homesteading pastor on YouTube. You'll be glad you did. And plus his son, his sons, along with Miss Robbie, of course, their sons. Um, and Miss Robbie, you don't know what you started up in this house with all them videos about cooking, oh, the man. Christmas crack and all the rest of it. <laughs> hey, y'all, if you want to hear probably the best voices in Christian music out there, and I'm not overstating it, Go there and listen to their sons sing Mary Did You Know. Y'all, I'm telling you what, it will bring tears to your eyes. I don't know that I've ever played a video more often than I have that one right there. Yeah, so you want to definitely check them out. All right, y'all, good news or, well, there's good news. You heard some of the, well, the good news being the gospel. Well, also, that was perfect timing because everybody's waiting for New Year's to set their resolutions. If you were actually going to change, if you were actually going to do something, you would have done it whenever you thought of the idea. Don't start your power list at New Year's. And if you're right. doing it, folks, let me know how it's going. Start it tomorrow. Take things that are actionable start it today. Steps. No, well, you can start your power list today. I can't believe I said yeah. tomorrow. I meant today. <laughs> I meant today. No, no, don't wait. Do it now. Do it now. Don't. What was I thinking? Do it today. Yeah. Start your power list today. today. Five, take five things you need to do today. Write them down and get them done. Actionable things that you can get done. Start there. I'm telling y'all. 
It works. I'll give you an update as it goes along, but it is going great. Now, this story is going to be a couple of days old, but it's important. Very important. Right here, it's from, uh, let's see, NBC News. After deadly Buffalo blizzard, families scrambled to find food and essentials. All right. Um, As if they didn't learn a single thing through this whole COVID crap. And you live in Buffalo. It's not like this hadn't happened before. (laughs) Well, they they got more. We talked about it in our last video, um, talking about, you know, our best purchases. But, man, this is the part that's really just floored me right now. It's not just some one-off. They're talking about in this article how this old boy, he lives in one of the suburbs around there, Scott. And, um, you know, they got grocery stores. They got everything they need around there. Everybody's snowed in. They got more stuff. And they're talking about, oh, everything's running out. Like you said, you didn't see this coming? There, There are even dumber people in Buffalo. Because I saw a video of everybody who is trapped at that Buffalo game, at that Buffalo football game. You're kidding me. First of all, if there's a doggone blizzard, don't go. Yeah, Why? they're talking about all these people trapped at that Buffalo Bills. Uh, first of all, I didn't know Buffalo Bills. I didn't even put two and two together until I saw this article. I don't watch football. But yeah, everybody got stuck at that Buffalo Bills football game, or a bunch of people did, because they knew a blizzard was coming, went to the game, and then got snowed in. I for the life of me, I don't understand it, but folks, be thinking long and hard about your preparedness. There's a reason why we've sort of taken a slant on our YouTube channel using everything to kind of lean into preparedness because I don't care what you do. We are such a decadent society that we expect everything to run on time. Like in this article, they're talking about grocery stores ain't got nothing. You yeah. think? Yeah, yeah. Also, mom was talking about, she said, she brought up a good point. She said, think of all the people who run around on E, who like run around on E, got stuck, couldn't see in the snow, but couldn't really stay there for very long because they didn't have any gas. So they had to just leave their vehicle. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, if this just puts an exclamation point on the fact that should there be a long, long, long-term power outage? And think about it. If you're the Russians or the Chinese or anybody else that seeks to cause us harm, if you're any of those people right now, you're thinking, huh, probably wouldn't be a bad time to strike right now since these dummies don't even have the common sense. And I'm trying not to be so harsh, y'all, but I really don't know how to temper it any other way. I mean, yeah. well, I got to go back to what Pastor Lon said last time, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give, I know that we are at a time in America, like William said, if in all this, and your mom has said over and over again, if you didn't pull yep. anything away out of this whole COVID debacle, this scamdemic, if you didn't pull anything about that, then you should have walked away with, I need to be prepared. I need to be yeah. living by that Boy Scout model. You want to see mom get mad, bring that up. Oh, my <laughs> good. Well, bring that up or let her, let her see them chemtrails in the sky. Yeah. Because, boy, that's even burning her up more and more every day. Like, what did you say just a little while ago? If these were just regular flight patterns, yeah. what did you say? There wasn't a single flight today. There isn't a single flight today. Not one it plane was, flew over. It huh? was blue sky, and there wasn't a single trail in the sky. So that means there wasn't a single flight today. These planes follow the same flight path. That means every, like George Norrie, I heard him say it years ago, that if your your claims are saying this is all, you know, conspiracy theory, then I should see generally the same streaks in the same part of the sky every nope. single day at about the same time. Because these flight schedules are pretty constant. Yeah, so, some of them are. Some of them like are almost like train times. 
Yeah. 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 So they're right on the money. Well, maybe not these well, days, yeah. but generally there is not a single streak in the sky. And before every major, whether it's a rain event, whether it's a cold weather event, whether it's a heat event, we see mm-hmm. the same exact thing. And now people are blowing up my email telling me, am I, um, not just, I guess since we breached the topic, everybody in the great grandmother saying, yeah, I see it too. They've been responding on YouTube. Uh, every kind of way you can think of responding to somebody, we're getting the amen everywhere, and people are starting to realize this ain't no accident. Yeah, Tony from the confessionals again. He just had a brush in with it uh, yesterday. He had to sleep at his off. Him and his family had to sleep at his office last night because the roads were so snowed over and frozen in Tennessee, just on the other side of the mountains, um, that they couldn't even get home. Traffic was at a standstill. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, we need to hook t- get Tony hooked up. I bet he's got some preparedness stuff at his office. Yeah. All right, some of the good news, and once again, it's going to seem like it's not good news. California and New York have lost <laughs> more than half a million residents since April 2020. I thought you were going to say their minds. <laughs> well, there's that too. Well, it came from the Daily Mail. That's where the article initially came from. So I'm guessing that it's probably 10 times worse than that. You can't throw it. Here's how I know it's true. Sonny, you know I'm right. Oh, when we yeah. lived in Texas... There were probably more Californians. In fact, I was working with a guy that said there were more people from California than there were local residents at a school. And this is like Sherman, Texas. So it's not like it's an ideal, you know, it's not like the place everybody wants to go to. Yeah, they were clearly escaping if you got to Sherman. If I had a nickel for every New Yorker that has just moved down from, and they've been moving down here for quite a while to escape Mm -hmm. those New York taxes. My friend Joe, army buddy from way back, he's one of the ones down here too, bought some land. Um, every time you turn around, son, how many people from New York have relocated here? Oh, a bunch of people. A bunch of people are still relocating here. One cool thing about the people that seem to come from New York. There's a whole name for them. They're called halfbackers. No. Well, that's the people that no, They call them that where they move from New York down to Florida yeah. and then they come halfway back to North Carolina because right. they realize it's too hot. It's too hot. <laughs> so they call them halfbacks. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a twist on that. I'm sure everybody can think of where you could go with it. But the cool thing about this, and the reason why I say this is good news, is that when these places ultimately, and I will say, most of the people that I've met from New York are generally patriots. That's not the case of the people I've met from California. I mean, yeah. and I'm, I'm throwing a wide net here because there are patriots that come from California. I know quite a few of them. And some of them have YouTube channels. And um, yeah, they left for a whole variety of freedom-related reasons. Well, we also live in a weird area because this is a place where, like, the conservatives escape to, and this is also a place where the liberals escape to. Yeah, and they stick more, like, around the Asheville area. But then you'll also see those uh, people on their bicycles rolling up and down these roads. You know, you wave to them, and they don't even acknowledge your existence. Oh, they will if they get touched by this bumper. Yeah, well, (laughs) we we don't do that sort of thing. (laughs) Oh, my bad. When I put this foot behind the door and speed up. I can't believe some of these old boys rolling through these mountains haven't hit any of them already. It is tempting every single time because they want to go as slow as possible. They want to wave me past while we're going around a curve. It's like the dumbest people in existence are the ones riding these bikes. Yeah. They take up the whole doggone road. You can't pass them. And whenever it is, like whenever you do get a clear spot to pass, they want to wave you around like a curve. Yeah. They're doing it every single time. It's at a curve or a place that is very, very dangerous for them, especially. But I will say that the majority of the New Yorkers I've met that have come down here, 
a lot of them are really patriot minded. Yeah. So I will give them that. If um, I see those those bike riding shorts, it's it's over with. Nah, <laughs> no, we don't do that sort of thing. But anyway, um, look, that's good news, and here's why: when enough people roll up out of there, they're gonna have to get the memo. They're going to have to because they don't have their tax money coming in. They don't have any of this and that coming in. Here before long, it's going to be a ghost town in a lot of these places. And they're going to have to wake up. And as I always say, you better wake up and smell the corruption or you're going to fall asleep drinking the hemlock. Well, in that case, what if they start instituting the fair share and then like New York starts taking taxes from New Jersey and Pennsylvania and stuff like that to compensate? It's almost certainly in the works. I mean, a value-added tax is essentially that. And it's a, it's a wicked, all taxes are wicked in my view. All right. Another good news story. That's not going to sound like a good news story. See, I'm making the problem, the solution, son. This is permaculture 101. See folks, you're getting permaculture even in these articles. So here's another one. Um, this one came from the Epoch times. I don't know how you, it's either Epoch. I hear people say, I think it's Epoch. Some people say say epoch. Well, no, I've heard some people work there say epic. Okay. So anyway, check this one out. Students speak out on anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-American culture at Florida University. And they're saying basically the DeSantis Stop Woke Act is basically toothless. So this is another good article. And the reason why is that I think people are going to wake up and realize that these so-called institutions of higher learning or nothing more than highfalutin indoctrination camps. And also realizing that these these people in government do not have your best interests in mind. They're saying that bill is toothless? Like yeah. Like it's not going to do anything? Yeah. Yeah, he probably knew that. Yeah. But passed it anyway so he could say he did something. I got my concerns with DeSantis. I know that he's doing a lot of lip service, and I'm going to tell you in the future why I'm going to already predict him to be a, stake in the, a snake in the glass in the glass. Grass. Glass, too. <laughs> You know, I'm already going to predict that on him. And I got a big, massive reason why I kind of hinted around it a little bit in the last episode, because there are things about DeSantis that nobody's talking about that if he ever does get in the Oval Office, you're going to find out that his foreign policy is not his own, that other people are calling the shots. And I'm going to prove it in time. He's probably going to get on the national level at some point, but I see him, I see all these people generally as polecats. I don't know that there's ever been a good politician since Ron Paul. I'll be honest with you. But in this article, they're talking about that basically if you are, okay, if you are a Christian American heterosexual pro-gun conservative, that you are going to eat large quantities of crap on these campuses. It's been happening forever and a day. Even in this article, they cite all these people that try to write, you know, they're asking them to write something on a particular topic. Mm -hmm. If they even think about doing it from what they see as a conservative or even a liberty-minded angle, they're going to be given an F. Yep. And it's happening over and over and over again, y'all. Rethink this whole college thing. Think about, for example, where we live in Mars Hill. Mars Hill University is right around the corner. Yep. Go there and look at the degree programs they offer. Go there and look at the kids. You don't even have to look at the degree programs. Go there and look at the kids. Yeah. Clearly, like, they're not offering helpful or useful degree programs. They're either in sports or you're guessing genders. There you go. (laughs) I mean, all the way around it, man. But go there and look at what they offer. Of everything they have there, the only thing that you can go out and get a job with is nursing. Yep. That is it. 
I went over there looking, trying to see if they had any useful courses that might be helpful to me. Also to kind of get a lay of the land and the local things going on around here. It's all garbage, every bit of it. So think about that plan B, because honestly, there's a whole lot of them. We're going to talk about them. Son, you shocked me with that one, man. The old school Stevie Ray. I remember when that In Step album came out, man. I wore that thing out on cassette. That's all they had at the yeah, time. Yeah, I remember it being played a lot when I was a kid. Man, boy, Stevie Ray used to rock it. I re- right. oh, just picking this song out, I remember I was going through the actual album, and I didn't remember any of the names of any of the songs. But I knew all the songs by listening to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Some Stevie Ray from back in the day, y'all. All All right, y'all. Let's get into it. This is important. This is real important. And, um, you know, just like that last song, Walking the Tightrope. Well, I guess all of us, to a certain extent, feel that way these days. Times are getting tougher. They're getting harder. And the compulsion of most people is to want to stay where you are and maintain. I say that's a mistake. Just like uh, Chesty Puller, you know, he was an old Marine. He's famed. And once upon a time, they were being overrun. And somebody was saying, let's retreat. And Chesty Puller said, no, we ain't retreating. We just fight in another direction. And it's true. (laughs) It's true. View it that same way in your life. Like I was doing a little bit of studying on George Patton. Man, I'm discovering a whole lot. I mean, that was his philosophy as well. Everybody wanted to call him a nut job. And by the way, if you ever watch that movie, Patton, don't believe it because the real guy was much, much different. And there was a reason why he was murdered. But it also goes back to that same thing. Patton had this no-lose mentality, just like Chesty Puller had, just like so many other people out there. And we have got to adopt it in all aspects of our life. And we better also be thinking about that business acumen, acumen. So we're going to throw out some ideas for those of you out there that are thinking about, man, I want to make this, I hate the job I'm doing. I don't like the people I'm working with. I don't like the people I'm working for. I don't know my way out of this, but look, y'all, you win this war. I know because I've been there. You win this war, not in miles, but in inches. A guy with a whole lot of sense once wrote that. Or literally five bullet points at a time. Bam. Some and the, and the win your win the day list. Win the day list. That's all you do. Or powerless. That's it. That's right. Yeah. You can call it whatever you like. But at the end of the day, you win this war not in miles, but in inches. Like I said, a guy with a whole lot of sense once wrote that. And I've always remembered that. But also that same guy also wrote, and I'm going to loosely quote it, that you should owe no debt to your destiny. And folks, I'm past that. I mean, I spent a lot of time and hopefully in that next podcast, I'm going to talk about that. How you, if you're not careful, you can let the hardships of your life or there's somewhere along the way that all of us somehow, and I think it happens in the school systems, in this compulsory education method that we're given, that somewhere we we have this beautiful childlike wonder and we think we can do anything. And at a certain point we try, but somehow, some way we kind of get into this box thinking that this is all I'm capable of. I'm just going to go in here, punch this clock make this money, live for the weekends. 
Well, every day should be a weekend if you can find your path. And here's how you do it. First of all, I implore everybody out there, start with that list. Go check out Andy Frisella. Hear it from the horse's mouth yourself. Just look up uh, Power List. See what you find out. Mold it to your own life. You will build confidence. Like I said, I'm already getting enormous benefits from it already. But some of those business ideas that you might want to consider is, um, William, we were we were brainstorming earlier, coming up with a list of all these things, and it wasn't hard to come up with one. No, not at all. And right off the bat. The ideas are never the hard part. The ideas of the business is never, never the hard part. You like Andy said, you never like you're never looking for an ideas, man. That's right. <laughs> you always have ideas. You're leading those performers out there, and that's what that list is is designed but to help you do. So if you need it, so do others. This is where everybody gets stuck, though, is the ideas. Yeah. It's like everybody's looking for that golden idea to where it's not like where it's good enough to be profitable, but it's not too much work. That's exactly it. Like like uh, Edison said, you know, it, success evades most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. You're going to have to redo what you think. Okay. I know Tony, um, uh, man, Tony Robbins said this first, but I know um, Andy Frisella said it his own way. That is, let's just imagine for a moment that your lot in life is to be miserable. Well, would you rather be miserable working for somebody else or miserable working for yourself? Yeah. And I'm telling you, y'all, been on both sides of that equation. I've started a lot of businesses. Some of them have failed. Some of them I discontinued because my heart wasn't in it. I was in it for the wrong reasons. All these different reasons, y'all, you have got to get over that. Come up with the idea. In fact, make one thing on your power list, one tiny step is going to get you closer to what you want to do in a business of your own. It's never been an easier time to do that. So like William came up with earlier, if you need it, it's a guarantee that others do as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what, what would be an item like that, son? Especially think about what your passion is. Okay. So on the farm, I can right off the top of my head, fill an entire notebook of all the things that would be helpful to have that I don't yet have that haven't been invented. Right. And yeah. one of those being, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this idea out there right now. Now I intend to pursue it, but if somebody beats me to the punch, you knock yourself out. One thing is in Espelier, when you train your trees, um, coat hangers are usually the method of doing that. The problem with doing that is that it, it girdles the bark if you're not careful. So if you were to come up with a way, a simple way, a very easy way of being able to train these branches down without damaging the tree, something that's easy, I'm telling you what, you'd make a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah, you would. So I'm telling you right now, this is one idea that's in the works for me, that I'm that it's in the R&D phase right now. If you want to run with it, you knock yourself out. But what I'm getting at is that this is a problem, no matter who you are, if you train your trees, that there is no really turnkey way of making that happen. I mean, you don't even have to come up with new products either. You could come up with services that already exist in other industries and apply them here. Like you could be a middleman between farmers and purchasers you could be like you could drive that uh that interaction or you could just facilitate the interaction like you build the the website that brings the two together or right. it's just like a locally driven one how about go to freesteading.com tell everybody out there hey um you know what i'm pretty good at making websites i'm pretty good at uh putting you together let's say 
like your mom was saying, you know, farmers generally and homesteaders are typically the very um, to themselves kind of people. Yeah. Introverted to a certain extent. And believe it or not, I'm a pretty big introvert. People laugh when I say that, but generally I can be an introvert and I can make myself be an extrovert if I'm in the company of people I, I really enjoy. Another one is um, like doing consultations. I mean, the, a ton of people could be doing consultations. Not just farm consultations. It could be how to grow your business kind of consultations yeah. for your website. Yep. There's legit people out there that know how to do this and stuff. It, it could be very specific as well. It could be like a consultation like mom needs to do on how to finish your animals. There you go. There you go. <laughs> how I to mean, get them up to a finishing weight. Right. There's that. Um, food production. Okay. So you brought up earlier the whole thing about niche. Yeah. Food production, whether yeah. it's, what did you say, mushrooms? Like it could be gourmet mushrooms. Yeah. You could be growing that right there in your apartment. Yeah, you could. You don't even need land for that. In fact, if you did have land, it wouldn't be beneficial. <laughs> Another good one, if you're living in a small space. Um, how about microgreens? Yeah, microgreens are one. I do jujitsu. There's a guy that comes to jujitsu every once in a while. Um, he used to grow microgreens in, uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, you can sell make them a to ton. restaurants in New Orleans. You can still make a ton of money doing that. Um, also, private businesses. I mean, maybe you got microgreens or propagating trees. You know, that yep. was another one. Right now, you can't find a tree to save your life. So what if you were to go out there, um, reach out to my one of the heroes in the space, Stefan Sapkoviak, or a number of others. Maybe learn how to grow a bunch of doggone trees with rootstock, graft them, put them in a pot, Make a pile of money right there on Craigslist. Also, mom was talking about uh, becoming one of those mineral supplement uh, middlemen as well. Like the that fermented alfalfa. Oh, yeah. You could sell that. That Thorvin Kelp dealer, you could become one of those. You could become a dealer for one, that one or that uh, world uh, shepherd. Guy. Oh, yeah. Some yeah, of his, his mineral, mineral there. Yeah. Yeah, we could probably get in on that one ourselves. But also, let's say, okay, you do a lot of burning. Like we do. I got to make bone sauce. It's a very hard, laborious process, but the byproduct of it is charcoal. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Also the ash. Is there a product you can make out of these things? Well, right off the bat, I feed every ounce of charcoal I can get my hands on to the pigs up there, especially in the winter. So could you provide biochar and charcoal for a bunch of people out there? Mix it with dried comfrey. There you go. I mean, there are so many different ways. I mean, as far as husbandry, I mean, you could start up a nursery. We talked about right there in your apartment selling, growing stuff right there on your balcony. Let's say you were to, let's say you had a small apartment and it's south facing. You could go get a bunch of little, I mean, good night, man. Check out Eric Sider if you want to know the full extent of what you can do on a balcony. I mean, but you could also take that balcony, even find places that maybe you rent, maybe you borrow. And I've given numerous examples, like a parole office. Like I said, they had acres of stuff out there. I'm putting it in my book right now, how you could have all this land around you. Let's say you were to do nothing but graft trees, put it out there, sell them on Craigslist when it's ready. Or this, you could become a door-to-door -door bone saw salesman. Like you could sell the service, not even the product itself. Like all you landscapers out there, you know you know which properties have bars of soap hanging up in their trees Son, and that stuff. that is brilliant. Yeah, you could, you could literally, I mean, that's something we'd probably be open to working with you on. Yeah, that is absolutely brilliant because right now I'm getting all these people that have, you know, used bone sauce. I know that it works. It works like nobody's business. 
And like you said, if a person were to buy like a 16 ounce of it, go to one of these highfalutin neighborhoods yeah. where they got, you know, these unsightly bars of soap hanging from trees, you yeah. know, that's not exactly a fruit crop. Yeah. $3 million houses, $2 Irish spring hanging out up front. <laughs> yeah. Tell one of these people living in some of these highfalutin neighborhoods, Hey, you know what? Maybe do the first couple for free. Okay. Yeah. If it does what I say it does, I'll go back and do the rest of your trees F- and you'll pay me Find for it. the... Okay, do one of the people for find an HOA, do one of them for free. Ask them which one is the noisiest person in this HOA and then go do them for free. There you go. And then you'll you'll sell out to the whole HOA. I mean, great ideas. Your mom came up with this one too like um grant writing. Let's say yep. you're a person that's infirmed, let's say you're on in years, or let's say you're disabled. Okay, and you're thinking, "Well, how do I fit in this space?" Look, this can every, all of the above can apply to anybody. But at the end of the day, man, if you ain't got one, you better go find a work ethic. Because right now, if somebody were to ask me, what is the thing that aggravates me most? And I mean, yeah, there's a long list. (laughs) But but right behind uh, bad drivers are lazy people. Are lazy people. So you better get a work ethic. And no matter what, we take one little segment of this and put everything you got in it. You can do it. Grant writing, like your mom was talking about. If you're a person that's laid up, you're infirmed, go out there, take a course on grant writing, become really, really good at it. Because I got news for you. A lot of these farmers or like I belong loosely to this little farmers group that's out there. And one of the biggest complaints they have out there is their inability to get money because a lot of them can't afford to farm unless they get grants. Or, I mean, okay, so there's the grant writing aspect, but there's also the technical writing aspect. Like we could, we could use a technical writer on the descriptions of our like products or the descriptions on, uh, instructions and stuff like that. A lot of this stuff we got to farm out because I'm so busy. I mean, think about it. It takes time to do a podcast. It takes time to put it together. It takes time to go out here and do a YouTube channel. It takes time for William to edit it. It takes time to come up with the next great idea. And on top of all of this, I have got to be really good at my first, at my passion. My first love is Jesus at the end of the day, but right behind it, permaculture is my passion. And I got to constantly study up on what's the latest, what's happening and actually go out here and do the work. There's no, there's nobody, there's no magic potion. Like Joel Salatin always says, you can't Google experience. Yeah. The last idea I'll list is the flat pack chicken tractor on steroids or a flat pack chicken tractor. If you can make it like a chicken tractor, kind of like what we have, in a flat pack version so it can be mailed or shipped and then easily assembled by somebody that would make it killing. You should see these chicken tractor shanties. I've seen some of these overbuilt. Yeah, man. I think Darren at hacks for the homestead is actually working on something like that. And he's working on a book of his own as well. Oh, wow. In fact, I've been invited to write the foreword on it, which, you know, I, I'm like, man, I ain't nobody, but, um, That's you know, cool. I'd, be, I'd be happy to do it. But I mean, there are people out there solving these problems, but y'all, there is no substitute for hard work. You, I don't care what it is. If it's grant writing, go out there, learn everything, read everything you can get your hands on, put it to work, go out there, go to freesteading.com for crying out loud and say, look, I'm a grant writer. I will help you out. Of course, they're going to have to pay you for your services, or maybe you get a piece of it. I don't know how that works because frankly, we don't get grants. We don't even really pursue them. Or win somebody some money first and say, hey, I got this I got this dude five thousand dollars for his go. uh his rainwater catchment system. There's grants out there sitting on the shelf, just like there's scholarships. 
I forget what the number is, but the overwhelming majority of the scholarships out there for colleges, they go untaken. They really yeah. go untaken. Nobody's even applying for a, most of them. Um, if you can, I mean, and even if you're one of those, I remember back in the day they had this thing called, um, oh, shoot, it was a website where you put in all your biographical information, and then they give you a list of all the scholarships you're entitled to. Fastweb.com. I still get emails from those people. Yeah. So you got <laughs> things like that out there. Well, why not be that person for people that are looking for grants? You can do that. I don't care if you're infirmed. I don't care if you're a paraplegic. There are, in fact, there are paraplegics and quadriplegics out there I know of that have reached out to me that we've given shout outs before that are doing extraordinary stuff in this space. What excuse do you possibly have? When we get back, we're going to talk about it in the question and answer. Oh, yeah, another jam, Backdoor Slam. Yep. Yeah, another good one. Son, what do you got right out of the gate? All right, so this one is from Sharon, um, Sharon Caldwell, and they're basically going to start a YouTube channel, and they're asking, like, what video equipment they need and all that type of stuff. I am no help at all. So basically what we use is a MacBook Pro, um, and I would I would spend the money on getting the faster processor because it's going to help with uh, – and guys, keep in mind, if there's any tech people in the audience, don't laugh too hard at me trying to explain this technical stuff. I'm good at farming. Uh, all this stuff I had to learn after we started YouTube. But we use a MacBook Pro to edit videos and stuff like that on. And I would recommend the faster processor because it's going to like make uh, rendering the videos and stuff like that easier. Like Especially if you start doing longer form videos. Um, and as far as the recording, we use iPhones, uh, and it would be, it would be helpful for you. I noticed you guys have iPhone and Samsung. It would be helpful for you if everybody got on the same format. So if everybody got on iPhone, because the airdrop feature is pretty, pretty doggone helpful, especially whenever you're trying to share large video files and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, we started with iPhone cameras and we still use iPhone cameras, uh, the only like real high tech equipment I think we have is the podcast equipment, and and yeah, as far as like videotaping cameras and, or videotaping for YouTube, um, yeah, it's you can really get by with just your iPhone and a tripod. What offer? What advice would you offer to those folks that are doing like, man, how do I go about filming it? Um, I it's, might be of some help on that, but go ahead. Just get started at first. Just start filming videos at first. Do it like even Jason from Sutherland did and just like quick minute long videos of just his update for the day. Um, but just get started. You'll eventually find your way of doing things and find a consistent uh, video date and keep stick to it. So if you're going to video, if you're going to upload videos every Monday and Wednesday and Sunday, then make sure it's every Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday. If it's just going to be once a week, make sure it's the same time, say day, same day, every single week. Also, one thing that's a big time saver around here. I know a lot of pod or not podcasters, but YouTubers that can sometimes spend somewhere in the neighborhood of about eight hours in editing. 
one way that we get around that, because everything has got to be highly efficient around here. If we're going to do a podcast, YouTube, Patreon, everything has got to be essentially in, in several takes or in one take. Right. Even our podcast is done in one take. So our, our YouTube channels or our YouTube channel, um, when we film videos for that, we're filming very specific parts. Like we're not going through the day and filming the entire day. This isn't a vlog. Uh, like we do very intentional videos. Um, so if you keep that in mind, it's going to speed up on the editing process. And the better you get at recording, the faster your editing is going to be. Um, the cleaner, like the less you have to edit, the faster editing is going to be. I'll be honest with you, y'all. You're going to feel like if you if you think about doing any of this stuff, whether it's a podcast or YouTube, you're going to feel like a pig on roller skates. Yep. Your first, I didn't feel comfortable on YouTube until I was probably a hundred episodes in where I felt like, you know, you're trying to find out your voice and then I'm like, okay, man, I'm not, I'll just be me, man. If you don't like me, then I guess you don't like me. I mean, now you do now keep in mind also that when you're, I'm trying to be persuasive in the work that we're doing. I'm trying to encourage other people to do this work and I'm naturally excited about it. If you're going out there and you want to have that convey itself, on film. I'm not, I don't have to act y'all. I love what I'm doing. Now there's times I use voice inflection and stuff like that to try to get a point across. And if you really want to put an exclamation point on it, try to find a way to make it funny. Anybody can, you see a lot of YouTubers out there doing the old woe is me where they look like some Stanislavski method actor in their thumbnail. And they're, they got tears running down their face. One of them very, very famous. I'll tell you what, you get more people on board if you can make them laugh, I think, than if you make them try to cry. Oh, for it's sure. It's much harder to make somebody laugh. For sure. So, yeah, try to try to and, employ that sort of thing. And everybody uses the technique of trying to make you cry right now, especially the the side that people can't stand right now. That's their only tactic is to make you cry. Man, forget a bunch of that, man. If I can make somebody, if I can make them feel a little more, a little better about their day and also convey, and I'm trying to get better at this because I... That's one of my, one of the things personally I'm trying to work at is try to convey that this is doable. It's not as hard as you think. And it's also may not as, it's not as easy as you think either, but it's, you're going to have losses. You're going to have failures, but also you can convey all this out there. Just lay yourself bare people. Now I'm saying that tongue in cheek because I'm about to do a Monday's podcast and I'm going to try to, I'm gonna go as far as I can. And honestly, there's going to be a level of catharsis and, um, in some of this. Okay. We got one from Michael. This was off of YouTube and I wanted to talk about it because I know a lot of people are dealing with this and I get a lot of questions about it. Um, Michael Hoggard, uh, five, nine, one Billy. I'm sort of new to this, raising the, um, the farm animals and never been one to have an issue with taking down squirrels and rabbits and other types of animals. But now that we started raising chickens and we did this from, you know, they basically did it from scratch. Um, and they, he says he made the mistake of naming them. Everybody does that. I always name the rooster no matter what. Um, how do you get rid of the awful thought of taking them down to eat? They become friends. You know, that's, that's, that's honest. I mean, and that's true. And that's to the point. And I'm going to try to tell you what I do. And then maybe it doesn't work for everybody. For your mom, it ain't going to happen. No. And, and that's fine. I mean, that might not be your strength. I mean, maybe you have, maybe you have like a kid who does all the killing. 
And then everybody joins in on the processing. Right. So you may need some other people to kind of help out on this. For me, it's going to have to be me. And honestly, I do develop a relationship with these animals. And it doesn't matter what the animals are because, frankly, just like Mark Shepard says, in my view, they should only have one bad day. When I go out there, and for example, I'll, I'll try to be a little more concise on this, but i got to point this out, that what draws me to this animal, no matter what it is, is the fact that, I'll, I'll be honest, one of the biggest draws is putting them on new ground. When they get to new ground, when you see the peace that comes over these animals, like this is where I ought to be. This is where I want to be. They make almost no noise. They're happy. They're munching. And I don't care what the animal is. It builds this bond, this relationship, knowing that I am giving this animal the best life it could ever hope to have. Even in a lot of homestead settings, you know, they're not going to stay there vacillating. Everything here moves and they move often. And it means a lot more work. And it, it makes it tougher to take them down. I just know that before I do it, I got to pray. First of all, I thank the good Lord for providing the bounty, for giving the increase. And then I got to turn my brain off, literally turn it off to take that shot on this animal. It is not something I do very flip. And honestly, I don't think you should do this sort of thing every single day. I agree totally with Marjorie Wildcraft that it should always, you should always have that tinge of nervousness in you whenever you take down an animal. Because it gives you the greatest respect for that animal. And then to ultimately respect it is to use every single part of that animal. Whether it's making compost or whether you're making broth out of its bones. To treat that animal with the highest degree of respect, which is also one of the reasons why I became a butcher. Is because I want to do everything here at home. I don't want that animal knowing. And for those of you that do have to take it into a processor, I understand it. You give it the best life you possibly can. And if you don't yet have the skills, that's exactly why we created that butchery video on the pigs. Now, in the future, I intend to do some on cows. But from the YouTube channel, you can learn a lot of it from what we've done in our videos on sheep, deer, chickens, all of it. What makes it easier is knowing, at least for me, is knowing that A, it has to be done. B, it will be done cleanly. And it will be done with no, this animal will not know that it's happening. It's not going to be shaken in its boots. It's not going to be afraid. So that's part of the reason why when I take down a pig or any other animal right now, instead of using a 22, which I'm good at, I'm going to start using a 410. And it's going to be a 410 slug. That way there's no chance. I don't want to, you know, when you have a lot of experience of doing that, getting that perfect shot is a lot easier. But when you're a person that has limited understanding on this, it might be more difficult. Well, you got a lot more room for error when you use a 410 slug. Yeah. So what yeah. makes it easier for you? Uh, I mean, you do have to, I was just thinking about that. Like right before you take the shot, you kind of do have to shut your brain off. Um, and I, I don't really know how to explain it other than that is that you do have to, you do have to shut your brain off, but also keep in mind that, the feelings you think are going on, how much of that are you projecting onto the animal? That's a great point. Versus what the animal is actually thinking. I mean, I've shot pigs right next to pigs, and the other pigs have never cared. 
No. Have never cared. No, they're like, Johnny bought it. All right, what's for dinner? You yeah. know, I mean, that's really how they behave. So you keep that in mind is like a lot of the feelings and emotions you're feeling, the animal is not and does not have the capacity to feel a lot of those feelings. And yeah. now I know some vegans are going to get upset, but those plants, those trees that you just murdered probably feel yeah, more. If you than got the, this animistic worldview, then, you know, yeah. you shouldn't be eating anything then. Yeah. So because, you know, everything's supposed you should be to be praying for manna. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to come full, I know I spend a lot of time on this, but it's a question I get quite often. So I definitely want to hit that up and just say what we do. I got to basically turn my brain off and I have a singular focus on doing this job right to make sure. And there are going to be those, those times where you don't get it perfect, but just knowing that I'm doing, and then honestly, in your case, like these chickens where they become your friends, part of why you stick them in these kill cones is because it does sedate them. Their blood pressure is so high. When you stick them upside down in that cone is that when you pull on them, they're, they're already kind of like chill. They're pretty chill. Yeah. You, know, you leave them. Yeah, there they for a calm down as soon as you put them into the cone. Yeah. So, and that's also taken, check out temple granted and a lot of her work that when you can, when these animals, they feel like they're being caressed, it puts them in a very relaxed state, no matter the animal. So, uh, yeah, check out Animals in Translation and check out that. So hopefully that's a big help to you and a, not a lot of others out there. All right, so we got this one from KH62. Son, I live in an area where I can't find any hay, straw, manures that aren't heavily sprayed. Is there a way to decontaminate? Composting doesn't break these chemicals down. What do you say to that? It does. Um, you just might have to spread them out a little bit more, if, if that makes sense. It makes so them maybe- inert. They're, yeah. they're locked up. Those toxins in many ways are locked up if the composting process was done right. But you w- still do everything you can to try to uh, try to avoid that. That's why one of the really big go-tos out there should be, it is for us, is leaves. Yeah. Because yep. it's one of those things that hasn't been, you know, a lot of people aren't putting pesticides directly on their trees by the time it goes through the filtration process of whatever it was. First of all, you got sunlight, you got rain, you got, and then it filters through the ground. It's not wonderful. It's not great. But by the time it gets up through those trees, becomes leaves, then it's the purest substance that you can find. So with your carbon, leaves are really my go-to. Wood chips, same kind of thing. Yeah, wood chips, same thing. They're just going to take longer to break down. Um, but as far as like the the having the issue with the toxins, it will eventually, I mean, you just have to use smaller amounts of the contaminated stuff. If you're noticing that there's still issues after you go through the composting process and all that, uh, use less of the contaminated stuff on the next composting process. Yeah, we got Native from North Carolina. She says, I ordered your comfrey and every last one of them is sprouted. Awesome. So awesome to hear. But I also want to point out, too, that um, for those of you that put them out there, and let's say you have a handful of them, look. You got everything you need. If you got some that came up, those are the ones best adapted to your place. Let them grow out, propagate them. It is the easiest thing in the world to propagate. And then I want to get to the point, honestly, where we put ourselves out of business. Yeah. I want comfrey to be so ubiquitous in this country, on this planet, that I can't sell it. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to put myself out of business. I got a comment from uh, user Tim Healer. I had a comment on the last podcast about the lost ancient technology. It's not the nuclear fusion. It's something to do with plasmoids, but they've been working on it for years and they don't want it. And they want it to be free and made public what and made public. 
They released the information on strikefoundations.earth. Like I said, I have no idea if it's true, but a part of me really hopes so they can basically say free power and can be retrofitted to our current machines to make transitioning easier. Well, I know for sure Dr. Judy Wood, I think essentially proves that this technology has existed for a very, very long time, at least since 2001. Well, so if you click on the, if you go to uh, that website, strikefoundations.earth, if you go to that website, there's a 14 minute video Click, watch that video, and then watch the Bob Lazar clip talking about the gravity engines that they had on those UFOs. And it's the same doggone thing. Yeah, yeah, whether it's low-energy nuclear reactions or whether it's some of this stuff that's been locked away. I mean, it exists, y'all. They got, like Ben Rich, like I said in the last podcast, you know, he said back in the day we had, in the 80s, I think, that we had that technology back then to take E.T. home, according to him. We got so we got stuff. There's a reason why carburetors that would get 100 miles to the gallon and all these other high technologies that were made in somebody's garage have been bought up and put on the shelves, or the patent holders were just downright murdered. Yep. All right, we got this last one. We're going to end with this one from Jeff. Um, I'll try to get through of it. Get through it, but my voice is kind of running out here. And uh, he wrote this uh, New Year's rhyme for your pimp listeners. Ode to Billy and Son. As outraged as cannabis seeing the system degrade, didn't they cross the frigid Atlantic on creaky ships on which to evade? We are left to do the only thing we can, live as freesteaders on the land. Should they take that away, then may God help us all that day. When the powers that shouldn't be witness a humble tribe rise, wreaking havoc on the busybodies elites on high. Your passion, like Mullison, Lawton, and Holzer, offer the solutions in these final days. Practical permaculture. Leave the cities. Get some land. Don't let failure hold you back, for Billy and his clan got your hand. Their message, timely and timeless like a proverb adage. Their stories like a soldier of fortune sent deep into hostile territory. Their advice, offered freely and well worth the small price. Their sincerity, perhaps the greatest trait in this world full of dishonesty. Billy, innate wisdom, innate wit and wisdom, a father figure many strive to be, and son William, the apple forest falls not far from the tree. Sorry, y'all, I'm getting a little bit choked up here. And I'm not going to be able to read it because I don't feel like I'm worthy of this high praise. Um, I thank you very much, Jeff. It's very heartfelt. Dad, you got to finish it on? <laughs> I don't think I can, man. I really, all right, I'll, I'll try. I'll do the best I can because honestly, I'm just not worthy of this. I know the full extent of my stupidity and wisdom or, or lack of wisdom, my ignorance. He says, Billy, innate wisdom, wit and wisdom, a father figure strive, many strive to be. And son William, the apple falls not far from the tree. May the tree be shielded from the enemy to eternity with bone sauce in abundance applied liberally. He says nothing. He says he's nothing special. But followers know it ain't so. For you reap what you sow, and he raises food for both body and soul. May this rhyme be heard loud and clear to the pimp listeners over the cloud and every and waves everywhere. I'm sorry, it's kind of hard to read with my eyes all watered up like this, y'all. Uh, though we may try to inhabit that red planet still, thank goodness that we have some down-to-earth solutions from some salt of the earth right there in Mars Hill. How glorious that day will be when Jesus descends on us all. Until then, 
We have your pimp cast and videos, high teachings that stand tall. It says, uh, keep fighting. Man, thanks so much, Jeff. It broke me down a little bit because, like I said, I'm nobody special. I'm really not. I'm not anybody to look up to. I'm not that great. I don't do wonderful things. Um, I don't do anything that I think is worthy of high praise. But I do thank you for your kind words, and I thank you for all these wonderful things. I'm a very flawed man, and um, I'm doing the best I can. Our family does the best we can. And honestly, at the end of the day, if one little thing we do helps you change your life for the better, then every single bit of it's worth it. You know, the people coming down on us like a ton of bricks because we don't follow the orthodoxy. It's worth it. People calling me an Uncle Tom. It's worth it. People out here saying that, you know, we're never going to amount to anything. And, uh, you know, the naysayers and the detractors out there, there's a lot of them. It's worth it. If it means if at the end of the day, any of this does any useful thing for any of you out there, y'all. Thank you so much again, Jeff. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay alert. Stay alive.